And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo back here again to kick off the the sports Stay Tuned Sports Week, if you want to call it that, since we drop it on a Friday morning for you. Hope your your week's going good so far. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my week's going pretty quick. You know, it's almost the weekend here. I'm always looking forward to Thursdays to record and talk about different things that have came up in the, the sports news especially with the the Houston Astros uh, situation coming up and even um, Colin Kaepernick's back in the news but before we get into all that stuff that has come up head over to Twitter follow us at ST Sports Podcast as well as my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports head over to Facebook like and, like and share a page there as well as our YouTube channel um we're working on doing some live uh, streaming for the shows. I tried to do a little bit before, but for some reason, the my laptop wasn't working that well. So I'm going to play around with it this weekend. Hopefully, within a week, I want to say, you'll be able to tune in live as we do the show. So, But the only way you'll be able to know when I'm on is head over to Twitter. And follow us there. So, uh, like I said, you know, the Astros are in the news. College football playoff rankings. Some, a lot of people were upset about uh, two or three of the teams, where they landed. Alabama on the outside looking in, which I am surprised about. So I will get into that. And then, you know, like every week, we close out with the Philadelphia Eagles talk. Have the New England Patriots this weekend. First time that we're playing them since the Super Bowl. And first time that uh, Carson Wentz is going to go up against Tom Brady, the quote, the GOAT. You know, I mean, uh, I'll still take Joe Montana over Tom Brady, but nothing against him. You know, he definitely is a top two, maybe three uh, quarterback Tom Brady is, in my opinion, but... That's for a different show, different episode. So, like I said, Houston Astros are in the news after former Astros pitcher Mike Fiers came out and said that the team uses a, a camera out in center field that sends a feed to the dugouts. To let the batters know what kind of pitch is coming. Now, me personally, listen, stealing signs has been going on for years, 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 years. Probably even when Babe Ruth was playing. It probably even goes on right now with, with Little League. And. This shouldn't be a big surprise. I mean, it's not the first time it has happened to a Major League Baseball team. 
It happened to the Red Sox, who was who were fined in 2017. Now, granted, yes, Commissioner Rob Manfred sent out a statement at that time to all the teams saying that if another team gets ca- uh, caught stealing signs, the punishment will be a lot worse than what the Red Sox got. And also on top of that, you would think stealing pitcher signs, sending you know sounds or however they set it up to the batters would help the Astros batters at home. And actually, it really didn't. Um, they were better on the road in 2017. They were 48 and 33 at Minute Maid Park, and they were 53 and 20, uh, 28 away from home. Now, do you chalk that up to just poor batters? I mean, I guess not because, you know, again, they were they were good away from home. Maybe they were relying on it too much. It was better not knowing what the pitches were coming in and be able to react a little quicker. Knowing, you know, okay, if it's a fastball, I got to step into it a little sooner. But this whole big deal over stealing signs like I said it's been going on for years you know and I mean me even me you know when I used to play Little League we we would all agree that whoever's on second base when someone gets on there you know you know rub the the brim of your hat if it's a fastball or uh Adjust your gloves, batting gloves, if you wear them um, for a curveball or changeup. You know, like, I don't know why this is so surprising that this came out. Now, I, I will also say, too, though, I kind of lost a little respect for Mike Fierce. I mean, to me, the old adage of what happens in a dugout stays in a dugout, this should be in there. Now, he did come out and say that when he played with, uh, I believe, the White Sox. I forget what the other team it was, uh, Tampa Bay, maybe. um, That he had to tell his his teammates when he was playing with them to be ready for it. I can understand that side of it, but you were with the Astros. That should have stayed with the Astros, not came with you you know so didn't want to really get on on this topic too long because like I said uh, everybody knows it goes on I mean even even in football you know Grant back you know a couple years ago with the Patriots uh, Spygate you know basketball I'm pretty sure there's some type of way to, to see what kind of plays they're, the other opposing teams doing, things like that. But I, I don't think 
anything is going to come about this. I think this may be one of those that eventually just kind of fades away into the night. Now, this past Tuesday was the second uh, second week for the college football playoff rankings. And if you guys listened to the show last Thursday, I did pick LSU to upset Alabama. And it was a good game. Now, to, in case you guys didn't see it, LSU came in at number one. Ohio State came in at number, number two. Clemson moved up from, I believe they were fifth uh, last week, to number three. Georgia's number four. And then Alabama's number five. Penn State dropped, I believe, all the way down to like nine or ten or something like that. Like they're, Yeah, they, they moved down to number nine. Um, now, to kind of recap what I said last week as far as Alabama with the LSU game. I was picking LSU to win, and I said if Penn State wins against Minnesota, there was a good chance Alabama would be on the outside looking in. Now, when I saw Penn State was upset it by Minnesota, who came in this week at number eight, and I'll get into that in a second here, but I thought for sure Alabama would be number four. But surprisingly, Georgia is number four. Now, I the only thing I could think of is, again, like I, I've been saying all year, Alabama really hasn't played anybody. Georgia most likely has more ranked opponents. Yes, they have the one loss to South Carolina, which is a big loss, I think. So, to me, this may be a 4A, 4B ranking type thing. Do I think Georgia speed number four? You know, for how much I shit on Alabama, I really actually do think they may have messed this one up. I think Alabama should be number four. Georgia should be number five. Ohio State... I'm okay with that at number two. But again, that should be a very close one-two there with LSU and Ohio State. Clemson, I mean, maybe they, sh- they should be even number five and have Bama three, Georgia four, or flip-flop those two. You know, Clemson... I really think if it comes down to it for the last week, I think that North Carolina scare is going to gonna come back and, and bite them in the ass. Especially if they're at four and Alabama's number five. The voters want Alabama in there some way. And they're still close enough to get back in there. Now, I think I did see something that uh, this is like the fourth time since since the playoff rankings came about that Alabama's on the outside looking in. Now I alluded to earlier about Minnesota being number eight. They were uh, they were ranked, I believe seventeenth last week. And they jumped to number eight. 
after beating the number four team. That right there was the largest jump into the top 10 since the college football playoffs started and the second biggest week-to-week jump in uh, college football history. The other two surprising teams I have, people up in the arms a little bit, is Baylor, who came in at number 13, and TCU, or I'm sorry, Baylor, because they they struggled to beat TCU uh, in three overtimes. Yes, they are the only unbeaten team, and maybe that weighs a little bit, but they should have handled TCU pretty easily, I think. Now, Minnesota, I think Utah was the other one that was uh, a little little debatable amongst all of us fans. Penn State, like I said, they, they should be done. Uh, very slim chance. They're at number nine. But this top four, again, I think last week's four, even though we knew either LSU or Alabama was going to be out of the top four because they played each other, looked a lot nicer than this. I mean, right now, LSU will be playing Georgia if the playoffs ended today. Ohio State against Clemson. I think LSU would, would handle Georgia pretty well. The Ohio State-Clemson game, I think, would be a, another uh, pushover, kind of, in a way, for Ohio State. Because they're just playing so well. So we would have LSU versus Ohio State, which would be a good game, a uh, good championship game. But I kind of want to see Ohio State versus Bama. And I'm hoping that the, the committee doesn't want to do a LSU Alabama 2 for the championship or for the you know for the playoffs so they get back to the championship and that's why Alabama makes in the top 4 in the end. I hope it's legit we get the top 4 teams that deserve to be in there. Not that should be in there. And speaking of Ohio State, came out last week that Chase Young would be suspended indefinitely after receiving a loan from a family friend. And this is a week after I was propping him up to be a Heisman candidate, Heisman winner. Because of how well he's been playing. Now, me personally, this is how messed up this situation is. I think he took a a loan from a, a family friend so he could buy tickets to the Rose Bowl last year for his girlfriend and her family. But he paid the loan back in full. So he never profited money. You know, off his name, off his likeness, all that stuff that, that is going away. And now he is being suspended two games after the NCAA did a investigation and 
what they determined was being that Chase Young and, you know, came out, got in front of this, explained what happened, took full responsibility of the whole situation. Otherwise, he would have been looking at a four-game suspension. So now, with him being on a two-game suspension, he'll be eligible to return against Penn State. I think that would have been big if Penn State won this past week, but unfortunately they didn't because that would have had playoff implications. Now, let's just say, I'm not sure who Penn State's playing this week, but let's say they win. Ohio State wins. I mean, if Penn State... Let me let me look up real quick because I'm just thinking now, if Penn State wins against uh, a ranked opponent... Does it get them close enough that if they beat somehow Ohio State, can they actually get back up in there to have a chance at making the playoffs? And no, they're playing Indiana. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, I would love to know what the, the chances of them making the playoffs is with uh, Penn State. But. That, that even if they beat Indiana, you know, decisively and they beat Ohio State, I think the farthest they get is fifth. And as far as my Notre Dame team, they played Duke. They destroyed them. They actually fell a spot. And let me go back to this LSU-Alabama game for a second, too. Hard-fought game. Yes, Alabama... Didn't play the best. Their defense didn't play the best. They lose, and already the fans are yelling for Saban to be fired. Some of the, the Twitter reactions, like, I saw one, one person say, I've been coming to the games for 35 years. That was a, a pitiful uh, showing. Uh, I'm not renewing my season tickets. Another person... You know, just fire Saban. Another person, this is the end of a, a dynasty. This and that. Listen, guys, as a Nordame fan, I have the closest thing I've ever seen Nordame come to in my lifetime to a championship was 2012. When Alabama just ran all over us, Monte Teo got ran over so much that he believed he had a girlfriend that he didn't have a girlfriend. And you guys want to fire him after one game. Come on. I know everybody is trying to get that that reaction tweet to go viral so they could be famous and all that stuff. But, you know, half these tweets are honest people saying that they really do want safe and fire. And that's that's pitiful. I, I like Brian Kelly. But if it came down to Brian Kelly or Nick Saban, hey, Notre Dame will take him. I'm okay with taking him. He's proven to win. Yeah, he lost one game. One, you guys are still in the playoff running. You have, still have a good chance to make the playoffs. And then what's going to happen if you guys do make the playoffs and he wins a championship? You still want him fired? It's like, come on, guys. But... 
When we come back after this quick break, uh, we're going to talk a little NFL news and some Colin Kaepernick talk. So we will be right back after this quick message. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jibbo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts to give your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming? Well, head over to bellyupsports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family. I've been part of the Bailey Up Sports family since February, and I'll tell you what. It's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out and don't judge each other about what we put out there. So if you're interested, head over to bailiopsports.com, send a message to the guys. We're looking for writers, editors, even podcasters. So again, that is bailiopsports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. Welcome back, guys, to Stay Tuned Sports. So before that little break there, I was talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick being in the news. And this whole situation that is going to happen on Saturday just seems a little a little fishy. Um, so it came out yesterday that the NFL informed all the NFL clubs that there will be a private workout held in Atlanta for Colin Kaepernick. It'll include, you know, on-field work plus interviews and things like that. Now, in the the memo that was sent from the league, said earlier this year we discussed some possible steps with his representatives, and they recently emphasized his level of preparation and that he's ready to work out for clubs and be interviewed by them. We have therefore arranged this opportunity for him to work out and for all clubs to have the opportunity to evaluate his current readiness and level of interest to resuming his NFL career. That's all fine and dandy, but why are you holding a workout three days after it is announced that he's, he's going to have a workout on a Saturday, the day before the NFL plays games? Do they not understand how tough this is going to be for teams to actually show up and give Kaepernick a chance? Now, again, every time I talk about Kaepernick, I got to say it. Take all political um, aspects out of this whole situation. Is Colin Kaepernick better than half the quarterbacks in the league? Half of the starting quarterbacks. Let's start with that. I don't think so. I think he's maybe better than two or three of the starting quarterbacks. Let's not forget, he hasn't played in three years. He could train all he wants all three years, five days a week, whatever he's been saying. But that's totally different than football practice and football games. Le'Veon Bell held out all last year trained every day and you know five days a week and this and that and he he's been okay 
but he hasn't been the Le'Veon Bell that was made in Pittsburgh. Football is a sport that you got to stay in the game to keep your game at, at a high level. Now, right before I came on to record, NFL did finally release um, some of the teams that will be attending. So far, I mean, the list didn't have all 32 teams, but I think there was like 10 or 12 uh, teams that are going to show up for the Colin Kaepernick workout. Um, I know the Lions were one. Surprisingly, the Bears were not on the list yet. I saw rumors saying the Cowboys were one, but I didn't see them on there. Um, the Broncos were another one. And I think the Dolphins as well. But if he is willing to take it, because let's be honest, he's not going to get the 10, 15, 20 million, whatever he wants to, wants to get. He's going to probably get veterans minimum, a one-year deal, and he has to accept the fact that he's going to be a backup for the rest of this year. Now, some of the teams, like I said, uh, the Lions and the Dolphins were on there. Cardinals, Falcons, Browns, Broncos, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Buccaneers, and the Redskins were the ones that have committed. I could see the Patriots sign them. You know, do they bring him in as a possible heir apparent to Tom Brady, who is a free agent at the end of this year? We've seen what Bill Belichick does. And to, to the other side story of this is the XFL. The XFL's commissioner, uh, Oliver Luck, actually brought up the idea to Vince McMahon about signing him as a PR stunt. You know, get a big name in there. And surprisingly, you know, with how Vince is with wrestling, he shot the idea down. And I'm not saying this because of it's Colin Kaepernick, but good for McMahon. Maybe, just maybe, he's actually taking this league seriously. He doesn't want no gimmicks when it comes to, to players like a Johnny Menzel or, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick. Like, he doesn't want to bring the circus to this league. To his league. Now, granted, there is another rumor also that their uh, McMahon and uh, Oliver Luck are already be uh, butting heads over different things within the the league. So, not too sure if McMahon is overthinking things, but I'm glad he's actually looks to be taking this seriously with not wanting to bring the circus to town. Now, like I said, the, the this whole thing just 
smells weird with Kaepernick and the NFL. A couple of GMs even came out and said, you know, the, the logistics just aren't right. You know, you're holding a tryout Saturday when all the teams and the representatives are going to be away that weekend. Normally, the tryouts get set up on a Monday to give general managers, scouts, all the the front office people a chance to to figure out if they want to sign the player or not. So I'm, I mean, honestly, I just I gotta say it. It, it just it sounds, smells, and looks like NFL is just putting this on. Just to say, hey, we tried. We tried to get you a job. This is your fault. And I don't know whose fault it is, but the way they're the way the way they're handling this tryout, it just does not look good to me for the league. Speaking of uh, Colin Kaepernick's former team, the 49ers, I just want just want to give a quick uh, comment about the 49ers in Seattle game so far up until the Seattle game I've been not believing in the 49ers undefeated record I mean let's face it they really haven't played anybody their their opponents all have losing records if not a 500 record they really didn't play anybody that had a winning record and Seattle who came in with Russell Wilson playing like an MVP a decent defense with a, a good defensive line and they took Seattle to overtime and almost pulled it off again. They kicked a late field goal in the game as time expired, took it to overtime and almost pulled it off. So I will say I am curious to see how they, they play this week. Or play their next game because I'm not sure if they're on by or not. Uh, because they are a young team. George Kittle, yeah, they're playing this week because George Kittle has been um, ruled out already. One of the top tight ends in the league. So can this young team overcome adversity? You know, after losing their first game, after going undefeated for so many weeks so for anybody that's been following Philadelphia Eagles Twitter or, or, or Philadelphia Eagles fans know how all these Eagles fans have been clamoring for Howie basically to do a signing of somebody you know they, they wanted us to trade for Jalen Ramsey. Didn't go through. Oh, Howie sucks. They want us to trade for uh, Fitzpatrick, the guy from the Steelers. Couldn't pull the trade off. Oh, fire Howie. Josh Gordon's out there. Now that one, I, I kind of agree. I think we should have at least put a claim in for him to, to come in, but he fell down to Seattle even though he didn't have the greatest debut. 
Well, finally, how he finally did two moves. One really, really good one. And one that I'm like, come on. And I talked a little bit about it last week. Philadelphia Eagles have signed Jordan Matthews. And before I came on to record, it's coming out that Alshon Jeffries is looking like he may not play this week, which bumps Jordan Matthews up to the number one spot when he was unemployed just last week. When Matthews got tra- uh, drafted by the Eagles, I loved him. We traded him away for Ronald Darby. He got released by the Bills. We brought him back last year. Did here and there type of stuff, but nothing great. So what makes you think this time around is going to be any different? I don't see how this move is going to be any any good. I mean, I'm trying to think of words to put it in, but just it's, it's I guess maybe he figures it can't get any worse. You know, we have receivers dropping balls left and right. Zach Ertz is and this was what I was afraid of coming into the season with Zach Ertz. He had the he had the, the record breaking year last year. And minus last week's game, he's been non existent. I, I don't know what's going on with him. But the other move that Howie has done, which I really like, is he signed Brandon Brooks to a four year extension, which runs through the 2024 season. He, uh, the deal's worth $56.5 million with $30 million guaranteed. And he is now the highest paid guard. This is impressive for a few reasons. And, and just this sentence here is the most impressive. He ruptured his Achilles last January, this past January. Not even 10 months ago. An injury that usually takes nine months to heal before you could do anything. And here he's been playing since week one. And he's he's been playing lights out. It's He's been playing probably a career year. Pro Football Focus has him at a, a 93.4 overall grade on the season, which is highest among any offensive lineman. I mean, this this definitely, I, I like it. I like having him paired up with Lane Johnson. That right side is a, a strong running side, and I think really what we need to do now is sign Jordan Howard to an extension, get him at four or five years as well. Have him and Miles Sanders for the next five years? I mean, come on. that's it's We've we shown it. When we run Jordan Howard... And have Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield as a a receiver and you know mixing in with the runs. We could be a good offense. It's just a matter of sticking with that. Now we have the Patriots this week, and if Jordan Matthews is our number one receiver, we're screwed. Because all the the if I'm the Patriots, I'm sticking eight men in the box, nine men in the box. And say, go ahead, pass against us. 
Matt Collins, non-existent. JJ, I don't think he has caught a ball all year. Okay, Zach Ertz, have a safety cover him. Dallas Goddard, he's a 50-50 shot of holding on to the ball. This is going to be a very, very tough game for us, and I'm not sure if we could pull it out. Then after that, we I think we have like Seattle. These next three weeks are tough, tough games, and with us being on a bye last week, we got lucky with Dallas losing. Because right now we're tied. And I saw someone post, really this NFC East title is going to come down to when Philly plays Dallas again. Yes, we have overall the easiest schedule left. But these next three games, man, they're going to be tough. And we got to win at least two or three of them to stay close enough to Dallas to, to win this division. So I'm not not too excited about this weekend, but I'm hoping a Philly win comes out of it. I mean, my Flyers have been playing a lot better lately, even though past two, three games, they ended in sh uh, shootouts. They lost last night to the Capitals, but again, I'm, I'm as far as my Flyers, I'm keeping with the, I hope we make the playoffs. Whatever comes after that is gravy. But when they're on, they're showing that they could compete. And ever since that Pittsburgh uh, shellacking we took, kind of seems like our, our guys woke up a little bit and are, are fighting now. So, but I think that's gonna be it for today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with our MMA combat uh, bare knuckles this weekend. Not sure I'll be live tweeting it because I actually have a hockey game going to first, and then I probably watch the the fights after I get home. But until tomorrow, this is your good friend Jimbo. And before I go, head over to Twitter. Follow us at STS Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook, like and share our page, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. So until tomorrow, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.